0: Welcome to She Loves the Grid, where we discuss all things F1, whether it's happening on the track, in the paddock, or beyond the grid, we'll talk about it all.
1: Hi, I'm Diane. And I am Claire. Welcome to She Loves the Grid this week. We've got a lot to talk about um, as far as racing goes, but Claire,
0: like, how was your week? It was good. It was busy. I did take some time off because, as you know, I relocated to Germany from the U.S. at the beginning of February. And last week, well, yeah, it was about a week ago. All of our stuff finally made it through customs. So Yay. I took the time off to unpack and make our flat, because that's what they call them here, our home. So that's why last week you saw computers show up, and now everything looks normal.
1: Yay! <laughs> That's a really good feeling to finally feel settled, especially moving to a new country. Like finally feeling like you are around your own items and your own things. Like that's huge.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, my son dances at Walt Disney World and my foyer looks like Disney like vomited all in it because there's (laughs) just all my memorabilia in the foyer. So it's (laughs) kind of funny, but it feels like home. So
1: I think that's awesome. You're going to have to hit up uh, Disney Paris now that you are in Europe.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. How about your week? You know, pretty quiet for the most part. Just loving. It's warming up here. I'm in Arizona, for those of you that are new. And it's starting to warm up today. I think it's supposed to be 82. We've had a really cool um, winter, very cold winter. And even this time of year, it's we've been way under our normal, like, average temperatures. So it's finally gonna warm up a little bit for at least the next few days we'll go back down to the 70s but compared to you guys i mean we're having a tropical heat wave over here
0: it's <laughs> normally because you know i lived there 18 years normally it's that's march is where you're already hitting triple digits i can't believe yeah. i hadn't hit triple digits yet I'm- nope nope i'll take it
1: well let's postpone that heat <laughs> for now
0: well, in, in celsius we're hitting double digits tomorrow
1: okay oh, mentally sorry. i would
0: be thinking it's going to
1: be freaking hot but how much is it really going to be
0: I just did the conversion. We're going to get into the fifties tomorrow. Yeah. See the triple would throw me off. <laughs> but I am I'm, I'm, a, I'm I, I might be able to like go a day without wearing thermals. So that'll be good Yay. because I've lived in heat all my life. So I'm, you know, having to get used to cold weather. Yeah. <laughs> but it's for snow. That's for sure. That's for sure for you.
1: And when we come out in May, the end of May, because we're going to Barcelona um, to see the Grand Prix there at the first weekend in June, I'm hoping that it's a little bit warmer. I'm sure it will be. It's the end of May. It'll be your summer, but
0: it will be, it'll be nice. It'll be nice. Absolutely. Time to talk about that first race, that first race. Yeah.
1: Lots of drama, right? After the first race, it, it it was so interesting to watch not only fans comments, um, like the sky is falling down. I think you had said that when we were chatting earlier, like the sky is falling down. Um, But most interesting to me was the social media for the teens. It was so interesting. And we're going to kind of go through some things um, that we either learned or didn't really touch on last time because we've recorded the podcast literally minutes after the race ended. Um, And so there were some things we didn't touch on. We kind of forgot to include. But. I kind of want to start with McLaren because we all know they did not have a fabulous race at all. They're qualifying, not bad. The race, terrible. Um, and I thought it was kind of sad and interesting that their social media admin almost immediately, I think it started, the
0: caption started,
1: you know, this was a race to
0: forget. It's like, that is harsh. <laughs> like that is so, so it's, harsh. You, you yeah. can't have it good all the time. I, no, you know, it's, it's just, but then again, their CEO, I mean, he's, he's, he, he's an interesting person I, and I'm trying to be tactful, you know, and yeah. I, I mean, you've got some stuff there, but I, as you go through it, it's just, to me, it sounded like he just, all he's doing is blaming the car issues, but yeah, that you know, what you're there for is to produce and create a great car for your drivers. It's just, right. I mean, you've got a couple of quotes from him, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. So he did comment that Oscar, you know, we, he retired after, I think it was the 15th lap. Um, so, due to an issue, um, electrical issue. So, that's what he said about car. that. And then for Lando, he said that it was a pneumatic pressure issue on the power unit. And that was forcing Lando to basically pit every 10 laps to recharge the system. And then, you know, another uh, quote that he had was just Bahrain wasn't good enough. Duh.
0: Like, <laughs> it wasn't. No, that their job and it it's his job to make sure yeah isn't he the one that's like ceo and principal right so it, it, it... no
1: he's not principal um okay. is their, okay. andrea is their principal that's but, right um but he to me he acts like a principal you thought yeah, he was it. a principal because he's everywhere right like yeah. he he is so mm-hmm. prominent as far as ceos go um he's always in the paddock mm-hmm. he's you know making comments uh has his, obviously his own uh Instagram page, but you know, my thought on that is they had the least number of laps completed in testing. You knew there were issues and granted you can't fix all of those issues in a week, but still, (laughs) I still think it's a little harsh to be like, that was a race to forget. Yeah, maybe it was, but let's try to be a little bit more positive, right? (laughs) There goes my mic. There goes. (laughs) So So that was McLaren. Ferrari, one thing we didn't talk about last week was how Charles had replaced his energy store and the control electronics prior to the race. So we'll go into this a little bit more on a non-racing week. Um, We'll talk about how many uh, changes they can make to things like their power units and that sort of stuff without incurring a penalty. So for the items that Charles switched out, you get to do two free changes before you get a penalty. And again, we won't go too far into that now, but a penalty usually is a, you might finish say second in qualifying, but you get a 10 grid penalty. So you start 11th, right? So that's where the penalty comes in. So you really don't necessarily want to be using up one of your two <laughs> chain, free changes on the first race. So, so there was that.
0: Yeah, and then that, that, that's crazy. I was reading an article about that when you mentioned it. It's like the, already, the, it says you get two of those the whole season. There's what, 23 races this season. So yeah. you've changed it once already. It must have been really bad to do that. Right. To make him think he needed to. Exactly.
1: And he still didn't finish the race. So... Fred said that, you know, they need to do a full investigation, but it was not the engine itself that was an issue, but an accessory. We don't know what exactly accessory that was, but that's where where he's at. But Ferrari did have an all team meeting like a lot of teams. Again, here comes the, the drama. The sky is falling down. Let's get everybody together at headquarters. The drivers are in their fancy little Ferrari suits, which I love. They they look so dapper <laughs> in those. Um, but so I don't... See, I, fashion
0: and Diane's favorite team, of course. Exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and Italian fashion. You know those are all Italian made. Um, so <laughs> right up my alley. Um, so I don't think I've seen anywhere what was specifically said at that meeting, but they did have an all-hands-on-deck meeting um, publicly the other thing that Fred said is that they need to work on tire management and reliability. Again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Again. And again, th- these are like those things that I know I'm new as a as a fan and, and getting to know everything about F1, but tire management seems to be like a given that every team that's a, a basic, right? That's something right. every team has to deal with. So exactly. Okay clearly okay.
1: want a reliable car, right? Like you want a reliable car. Didn't really have that last year at Ferrari, um, at different points throughout the season. So.
0: Well, and no parts up. falling <laughs> off of it during. <laughs> right? yeah.
1: Not so good. Um, Aston Martin though, kind of was a little, I, I would say definitely on the po- positive side. So, you know, they had a great, great first race. We all, we talked about it last week. Um, but one thing I did want to highlight was Papa Stroll. And if you're new to our podcast, that is what I I just call um Lance's dad, <laughs> Lawrence, is Papa Stroll. Um, so during their launch, he said they had a five year plan to be in a place where they were fighting for championships. Um and already people are like, they're already there. They're they're up there, they're the third fastest car, or yeah third fastest car in the first race. They're, they're already there. What more can they do? Like they are ready to be in the mix and fighting it up. So, I mean, good for them, but one race.
0: So much on this, like in in the opposite of the the sky is falling and panicking. Don't put all your eggs in one basket in week week one either. Right. It's like, it's, it's just week one. Exactly. It's just week one. just week one, man.
1: It's just week one. Exactly. But, but and this is why I think you're, well, I don't know if he is your favorite principal, but you mentioned him on our last podcast, but the Aston Martin, um, principal Mike crack. He, I read an article that, uh, he did an interview for, and he just seemed so grounded. Cause like you I were like just him. saying it's week one. He was saying, even during the race, did I think we were going to get a podium? He said, I mean, not really anything can happen. Anything can happen during that race. Somebody could hit you, your engine can blow up. Like there's so many things. So he just, you know, let's take it one step at a time.
0: Your own teammate could hit your, your other teammate, you know, on lap one.
1: Yeah, (laughs) These, these things happen. So I, I liked that he kind of had that ground. He wasn't fully buying into that hype train. You know, we've got a long season to go. Um, he said, you know, we're not on the same level as Red Bull, but we're improving. So we should all be like Mike Crack. Like let's we, should. Just... we should,
0: He also is you know easy in the eyes. So well, there's
1: that too. <laughs> Good for that. Maybe so. that's telling about us is most people are talking about the drivers and we're like checking out the principles. We're checking out principles. <laughs> and it's funny too, because I like I said last time, I, I never noticed him before. I mean, I I mean I just Earlier during testing, the lot, nothing. I,
0: I, yeah, you I know, I don't know what it is. Like, for, and those who are listening and watching, I, I have an affection or, you know, an attraction toward the lower half. And just if you're watching the backside, maybe, or the backside, or to say the full profile, just watch that profile is all I'm saying. It's all I'm saying, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all it right, we'll get off be, that. Okay. It may be luck. Now, so there's not that. that they need to, we need to hype them up too much. But you know, Red Bull. We were talking, and you were saying how well you're know, talking about tires. It's kind of the flip on Mercedes or Ferrari talking about how they need to work on that tire management. Talk about a team that just had it down, right?
1: They really did. I mean, I think both uh, Max and Checo just used two sets of soft <laughs> tires. Nobody else. I mean, pe- there were some teams having a hard time managing the hard tires. So they definitely, there's something in how they're managing their tires, how they're working those, I think there's something magical in the changes they made to their floor, um, that have really in that first race, just elevated them. So we'll see how that translates on, on other
0: courses this year, but they got uh, a neat topic for us to cover in our, uh, on our grid basics section. sometime it's just talking about tires, you know, and yeah. And the differences and what we mean by hard and medium. I noticed in um, the beginning of one of the races or one of the, the pre um, coverage that F1 TV was doing, they were talking about Pirelli has five different uh, versions for this year. And like this race, there's three that they could choose from. So I think it'd be yeah. neat to, to cover that when people understand the differences of those.
1: Yeah. I think we definitely should. I know it's something I, you know, should delve into more because they have new intermediates this year. And I think there's new wets, um, to have less spraying. So if it is raining, which it does happen <laughs> at least once, once a year, uh, they will, they will have less spray coming off where visibility won't be as difficult. So yeah, I mean, I think Red Bull will be mum, but I think those are two things that are clearly magical for them <laughs> after the first race.
0: Yeah. First and race. Educational for everybody too, just to understand yeah. you know, why they change the tires and how important that is to a race and that tire management, how few they have. Cause I also read that they were uh, talking about limiting the number of tires, you know, a possible change and, and whatnot. So I think that's those kinds of things. Yeah. It's interesting how that works and how that keeps the, the competition, you know, equal but how strategy is so important, right? And how the strategy and how the, the, the mechanics of the car and the engineering of the car is important too, because it's it, the wear of the tire, the, the race, the, the track, all of that comes into, you know, it makes it so much more technical than it's just a car driving around on the road, right? There's so much more to it. Exactly.
1: Now, I, I think it's so important. Everybody needs to be watching, <laughs> figuring out what Rebel's doing. Get underneath that car and look at
0: that floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know we hit next was Williams. Williams. It's, it's it's almost like a sweetheart story how how just this race can't can't make it all in race first race but they hit some pretty cool numbers this this one, right? They really did. So one number that jumped out to me this week was
1: that in terms of lap time gained year over year, they had the biggest jump of any team. And they were went up like 2.378 seconds faster. Um so that's a lot, especially this year, when you've got teams that are, you know, within a nanosecond, basically, of each other in qualifying to gain that much speed is really, really exciting for them. Um, and they definitely had their best start in the past six years. So I think that's, that's exciting.
0: Very yeah, that's, exciting. Yeah, that's that's more years than the the TV series that Netflix has been doing has been covering. Yeah. too. So that's- that's massive. And you said, we looked at the, the, um, results, which we, we failed to mention there at the beginning too, that just to kind of update where we were a little off, um, right after the race, but Logan from Williams got the fourth fastest time. Yeah, he sure did, which is
1: so exciting. Again, the rookie, you know, had the yeah. fourth, fourth fastest time. Um, I think that's really exciting for him and for them as a team. Um, Alex, I think has had his, his highest finish, um, since he's been with, with them, maybe even in F1. But, you know, they also said that like on the straight line, they're very fast, but they believe Williams believes that they have a more complete package than their car last year. So they are actually excited to see, okay, we saw how it performed in um, Bahrain, which is a very abrasive track. They are excited to see how their car performs As we, you know, hit some of these other tracks where there's, you know, faster turns or, you know, different things. So they're really excited about what they saw.
0: And frankly, I am, too. Yeah, me, me, too. Me, too. Now, before we get into the biggest drama of, uh, I do want to mention, uh, we mentioned how Logan was one of the rookies who got um, the fourth fastest time. Pierre got second. And then yep. we, we were talking at the end of last week, we thought he might've gotten the fastest and it wasn't, he was second, but it was actually, um, so, right? Joe. Joe. I mean, Joe. He right, he <laughs> you will get lap. it. Jo- so he Joe won
1: you. Yeah, he did have the fast, fastest lap, which I was, when I heard that, I was like, yeah, good for you. I love to see that. I think he had, he, granted he was the only rookie last year, but I think he had a pretty solid season. And you know, especially for his first
0: time out, so I'm really excited
1: for being him his, to get that that fastest lap,
0: beating his teammate, the other rookie, which was not up there, but it was pretty cool to see two rookies in the top four for fastest yeah. lap. Yeah, I think I think
1: that was it. I think it was very exciting. But like you said, the, the drama. drama
0: of the week. So listen. Why we named this episode Week 1 Panic. Oh, my gosh. Mercedes was losing their mind almost
1: immediately Mm -hmm. after the race. Actually, probably pretty immediately after the race. The negative talk was starting. George, what did he say? Like, Mm -hmm. Red Bull could very well win all 23 Grand Prixs. So after one race, you're just handing them all Mm -hmm. of the wins? I mean, how boring mm-hmm. is that gonna be, first of all. Second of all, with that attitude, might as well just let them win. <laughs>
0: like well, you're know. not going to. I mean, the, a lot of a lot yeah. of you know, what you do in life and how you accomplish attitude feeds so much into it. If you're already just letting go, how are you gonna be able to put your best foot forward out there if you already have set yourself up that you you well, you're not gonna be able to beat them right because you've already set yourself down yeah, yeah. and your team, you're putting a little bit into your, team faith in your team. teammate. The entire
1: team, like all your engineers, everybody else, like you just threw them under the bus. Toto, I don't think was much better because he said something to the effect of it being one of the worst races in history, dramatic much like your team, you finished fifth and seventh in in the very first Mm -hmm. race. That was the worst race in history. I'm not seeing it at all. Lewis after the race was pretty positive. You know, he knows that there's Mm -hmm. things that they have to work on. But later in the week, it came out where Lewis had said he knew the first time he drove that car that there were there were issues and it needed some work. So that, to me, confirmed like the rumors from the shakedown when they were he and George were out, you know, doing a little shakedown. There were rumors already coming out that the car was not performing the way they wanted it to. There were issues and. You know, for me, I wasn't really listening to it. I was just kind of like, okay, whatever. Um, but <laughs> I, to me, with that quote from Lewis, I think he was confirming it. So every day I'm opening up social media and multiple times a day, the Mercedes Instagram and their Facebook is all drama. Like we know we can do better. We have to do more. By Friday morning, I, it was the first thing I saw. I was like, I'm over it. Stop it.
0: Stop. It was, it was practically every day you would see something, some kind of, and the fans, I mean, their fans were not helping. Their fans no. were just of because that negativity breeds negativity. Right. Absolutely. And if you can't bring out the positive, then your fans are just going to eat it up. I mean, we've seen social media, right. It's, it's just right. a negative full breathing ground. And if you can't get up there and, and do it, then it's just going to just go nuts. And that's what happened, which I think what happened. what happened what at the end of the week. But the. I do
1: think before I say, it, like it was a vicious cycle because, oh yeah, because Mercedes is putting out there like basically, oh we're terrible, we have so much work to do, and then the fans are feeding into it, and then vice versa. So, mm-hmm. you know what? What are you where are you going to go with that? Oh, crazy! Was it yesterday? It just seems so long ago. Um, then came the open letter to the fans from Mercedes with literally three points. They did first, second, third, <laughs> different paragraphs. Like this is how we're going to do it. And when I first read it, I thought, oh, for crying out loud, like this is so dramatic. And and I was reading it. I'm like, they literally have, here's our three points. First, we're going to do this, second, this, third, this. But then the more I thought about it, the more I thought, you know, this is an organization that is used to winning. This last year was the first year they hadn't won the constructors in ages. So they, even though they finished fifth and seventh, their standards are so high. They have these awesome drivers in George and Lewis who have high expectations, who should be, you know, competing at the front with the Red Bulls and the Aston Martins and the Ferraris. And I kind of get it. And I feel like they were, they were trying to be transparent in, they know that these are the issues and this is, these are the steps that we're going to take to fix them. We will definitely be seeing changes, um, probably this coming week, but especially as we go on. But I think the thing that really stood out to me was their third point was, you know, we need our fans to support us. Like you were saying, the fans were going crazy, and they were saying, "We need the fans to support us. You, we need you to be with us, and we're not going to tolerate, you know, bad, you know, talk." I don't know, discrimination of of any kind or hatred of any kind towards us, towards our competitors, towards, you know, anything in F1. So you can either join us or we're just, we'll part ways and that's okay.
0: So. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. The first time I read it, I was at first, I was like, well, wait a minute. This almost sounds like a company telling its employees something. (laughs) It's kind of hard to you can't control fans. I mean, they're fans, right. right? I mean, these are individuals that you have no control over. Yeah. And I mean, then I could see where they were coming from. I mean, you've got to protect people. It's it's, it's a hard place. It's a hard place to be when you're a B2C you know, business to consumer kind of business. Right. right. Um, but they were when they had their own people who were leading the charge of the negativity. Right. So like we were saying, um, on our Instagram, where we, we really enjoy some of the drivers putting out funny things and whatnot on their stuff, I really enjoy that the racers can do that. They're not limited, they're not stopped, and it's really them. They don't have somebody doing it for them because you get to right. see their personalities. But there's a little bit of that needing to help rein some of that in to say, well, when you're doing it, we don't. We want you to say how you really feel, but you might want to think first before right. you just out there and say something like. Oh, well, Red is just gonna win it all. Yeah. I mean, I know you're speaking from the heart and you're hurt, it's emotions, but you know, once it's out on the internet, man, it's out there forever, right. and people just jump on it, right? So I don't know if it's immaturity, if it's just that raw emotion that came out, but that just oh, that was just a tough one. And that was um, you know, I read that you know all the drivers are required to speak to the media, mm-hmm. so they need some media training yeah. <laughs> to make sure to kind of help with that like raw emotion kind of thing, you know? because Yeah. And
1: that's the interesting, interesting thing in. is,
0: is I think jo- both
1: George and especially Lewis are really good at their media. It's yeah. Projecting a very positive, not giving too much away, um, but connecting with the fans. So it was really surprising to me to hear that that's what George said. And and so maybe to your point, it was just the frustration that He finished seventh, but also there's what 13 guys behind you. So like you got points. I mean, you yeah. still got points, and you both got points. Ferrari didn't both didn't get points. Like, you know, yeah, there's, there's a whole yeah, didn't, right.
0: so Ferrari did not both get points, and that, that's just that's that's yeah. a like you look at it that way, and you both get points, and in to have that many, have 20 drivers, 10 teams. And not enough two of you, you know, statistically, to be able yep. to both be in the top 10 and get points. Looking at the positive. Yep. And that's a
1: thing. I think the bottom line with the Mercedes thing is I just thought, one, it was it was so overwhelming. Every day, multiple times a day, these, these posts coming out. And then it was flip-flopping. Like, we're going to do it. We're all in this together. And it's like, oh, my gosh. I'm exhausted. I'm so exhausted by the drama that you you are creating. So I think there's a way to acknowledge what happened in the race that you weren't exactly thrilled with the way it turned out even though you finished, you know, both drivers in the top 10, but also say like we have things that we know that we need to work on, but you know, it's now we're going to focus on fun. the positive. And yeah. it's just one. <laughs> exactly. So that's my question for you is Is all of this stuff that's been going on after the first week, so not just with Mercedes, so the fans, the commentators, the teams, was the the impact or the aftermath just too dramatic? Whether it was positive or negative, was it too dramatic? Was it like Aston Martin is going to win? They're going to be on the podium all the time. Or, you know... Ferrari's never going to, they're terrible. Our season's over. Fix your engine. I mean, was it all too much? Like you said, this is the first race. We have 22 more races to go. What do you think?
0: I I, I think it's too much. I mean, I've not been around long enough and followed it enough to see, but you know, there's statistically it is. You can't base anything off the first one. You know, if, if the whole Bahrain curse is true, Max is going to have a crappy season the rest of the season. (laughs) Um, you know, so you just you just never know. Right. And, and I think it's like it's one of those things we have to play it race by race and see what happens. And the key is, is the right attitude, the right effort. And if each team goes in and learns race by race and works to improve that, that's how they get, get better But in yeah. dwelling and doing the whole sky is falling and just setting themselves up that this race sets precedence for the rest. Right. No, it, it's what you do with it, right? I think it's it, with everything in life. It's what you do with it. You've got to learn and, and try to get better. Um, it'll be interesting to see this one and then see where we're at at the end and how it, it, it stacked up, right? Are we eating our words? Or right. <laughs> really-
1: to your point, if you compare after the first race, the constructor standings and who has the most points, well, last year, Red Bull and McLaren, after race one, had zero points. Zero. And then Red Bull last year ended up winning the constructor. McLaren was fighting for fourth place. So I think right there, it kind of shows you like this is not the be all end all. And I know that there are a lot of new fans and there's a lot more, I think, social media and stuff out there. And yes, content creators, you need things to talk about. But I do think that there just seemed to be so much. Put on good or the bad after one race, just way too much.
0: Well, sometimes it's just, it's what happened and and you've got to get, they've got to just, the the point is learning from it and fixing it and moving on, right? Not dwelling. So that's, I think that's with life in general, right? If you can't dwell, you got to fix it and and get past Mm -hmm. it learn from it. And that's the problem. I think what I could see in some of the frustrations, ones, I think it was Louis was talking about, we knew there's problems last year and it continues to be the same problems that's when you have a problem, right? right. That's when you're not fixing those problems that continue to happen. And if it is the same problem, race after race, year after year, yep. and that's not being addressed, that's when you have a problem, right? Exactly. I mean, that's with any business. That's anything in life, right? You've got to fix that kind of thing versus you know just freaking out because one race fell apart. you know? Right, exactly, exactly.
1: So yeah, back to the drawing board for
0: them. <laughs> All right. Well, just wait one. Maybe we can next week not be talking about a whole bunch of drama. Um, I mentioned it earlier. It called Grid Basics. I think we talked about trying to do some education and stuff. So we'll go to a little segment called that Grid Basics. And you came up with a great idea to talk about qualifying. So we were talking a little bit about that last week and how qualifying works. And um, so I'm going to let you do all that. And there's qualifying and we'll talk just a regular qualifying, what we saw yes. last week.
1: Yeah, so we're just going to talk about regular qualifying today because we know that there's sprint, right? We have six sprint races this year. Last year we had three. So there's a different kind of format to that sort of race weekend. So when we get to um, the week before Azerbaijan, which is the end of April, we'll talk about sprint races and how that format works. And it also came out this week that they are F1 is considering – doing a different type of qualifying before the race at Imola. So when did we say Imola was? May? May, yes. May, early May, I think. Um, So prior to that race, we'll get some more information about how that qualifying is going to look and what that's going to look like. So (laughs) I have to just say, um, if you're watching this on YouTube. There's there's already a little thing going because Claire has different color gl- uh, drink glasses that she uses throughout our podcast, and I never noticed this until somebody sent a message and said you should start a drinking game as to which color glasses Claire gonna pick up or <laughs> like what color glasses does she have? What's in the drinks? <laughs> so- I
0: actually have dry mouth, so I'm always having to drink something. I'm going either between my so- cold soda diet soda or my warm, uh, green tea. So mint green tea. So
1: yes. So those of you not watching us on YouTube, she's got a blue glass and then kind of a clear, uh, blue glass with a blue tint to it. So I had to, if you're listening to us on a podcast, you didn't see her pick up her drink and, and take a sip, but it just reminded me about the message that we got. So, okay. So anyways, here's how qualifying works during a normal race week. So, Qualifying happens on Saturday. We have our uh, two practices on Friday, one in the morning, one in the afternoon or the evening as in last week. On Saturday, we have a practice in the morning and then in the afternoon, we have qualifying. And qualifying, I would say, is kind of like a knockout stage kind of qualifying. There's three different stages. So the the whole premise in each stage is you complete um, as many laps as as you need to get your fastest time. So you will see, and we talked about this a little bit last week, but you will see that some cars, you know, they're not coming out right away. You'll see some of the slower teams out first. You have in Q1, 18 minutes to set the fastest time that you possibly can. If you're way up there, say, you know, I think uh, last qualifying, Charles was up or Carlos was up near the top and, He went back to the pits. He doesn't need to be out there. You can beat my time. I'm not going to drop down. So what we're looking for in those first 18 minutes is each driver setting the fastest lap they possibly can. And after that time has expired, the five slowest drivers with the slowest lap times are eliminated. You're done for the day. Goodbye. Thank you for participating. And only 15 drivers move on right? So they give a little bit of time in between um, in part because what we have noticed is the lap limits are in play when you're qualifying. And we talked about this a little bit last week, but if you exceed those lap track limits, I think I said lap limits, track limits, your qualifying time can be eliminated. It can be taken away. So there were times last year where the stewards after the qualifying session ended for Q1, as our example. Other people were getting out of their cars, pushing their cars into the uh, into the garages. And then the stewards come back and said, oh, wait a second. Somebody who was moving on to the top 15 just had their track time deleted. So now you're back in. They're out. You're in. And so then the drivers have to get back in <laughs> the car, get back in. So I I've started to see towards the end of last year and then this year, you know, they're maybe waiting if they're on that bubble, they might wait. Somebody in the bottom five might wait a little bit to see like, OK, the steward's good. Did anybody have
0: a track time deleted?
1: So yeah, I, I, go ahead. I
0: was going to interrupt for a second because I read, too, that um, whether they're practicing or qualifying, they have to be in full gear. They have, to have their full oh. helmet, fire gear, the neck, everything. So they, they have to be oh, fully wait. dressed, fully decked out. So I understand why they would sit and wait because that's a lot of gear to put on. Absolutely, to have to, to take off and put back on. That they would do yep. that. that makes sense.
1: That too, and in getting all strapped in, and you're like, right, you're comfy in your seat. You get out. You got to get and get and it all back I together
0: for them, right? That the yeah. car is for them. I, I, duh, but I didn't realize that till during um, like deliveries and whatnot. When Ferrari was showing off their car since they did it on their track, and they only had the one car. When yep. the two racers switched out, they had to have time because they had to move the seat to adjust it to the drivers. Cause they're so different in height. Yeah. So again, but that, that box, that area inside is fit. Just if you really pay attention to the cams, like their hands just barely have enough room, you know, to move around. So yeah, it's really fascinating. I love being able to point out these little extra tidbits <laughs> that I'm noticing the more I watch.
1: But that's good. Cause those, those little things are still very important. Right. So Um, Okay, so once we've gotten rid of the five slowest in Q1, the 15 remaining cars move on to Q2, and they have 15 minutes. So we're three minutes less, 15 minutes. And again, it's get out there, and you want to get the fastest time that you possibly can in those 15 minutes. So, you know, if you're already seeing maybe you're a Red Bull, and you're already seeing like, "We're, we're okay. You know, our car is this much faster so far. We might not go out on track right away. Um, but you want to do that. So at the end of those 15 minutes, again, five slowest drivers with the five slowest times are out. They're done for the day. Then we come back a little bit of a break, come back for Q3. That's every driver's goal. You all want to be moving on to Q3, but you only have 10 drivers that move on to Q3. And now you have 12 minutes to get the fastest lap. And I think this is where you might have some teams that, you know, don't come out on track right away. They might allow a minute or two to lapse. Um, You might see some going out, going straight back to the pits, you know, maybe refining something, getting their tires warmed up, whatever it is. But I think generally, not last qualifying, um, you will see them going until the very last second. And they might come into the pits for a little bit and get back out there with just enough time to do a warm up and then hit that start line right before time um, cancels out before it's done. Right. So at the very end of that, we know who has gotten pulled because the driver with the fastest time overall um, is our pull sitter. They start in the first place. So that could be, you know, on the inside. Sometimes I think it's on the outside, but. That's where you want you want to be the fastest driver of the day. You want to be on that front row in that front position. One thing I do want to point out is after each qualifying stage, your time you're starting all over. It's not like you're carrying over your time from Q1 into Q2. You're starting all over. That is very important to point out. Should have mentioned that when I was going through the different stages, but that's important to point out. Your your time starts over. Um so once we've gone through that, we know who our pole sitter is. Now we've got the starting grid, right? So however you finish in those times, your first, your second, they call it P1, P2, you're in position two, P3, four, all the way down to 10, that um, 11 through, what would that be? 16, is those five drivers that were out in Q2, and then the last five grid spots are those five drivers that were out in Q1. Now, the only time that that can switch up, and we will start to see that later in the season, but as we talked about with Charles, who's already taken some new units and now he only has one more change before he gets a penalty, you go through all of qualifying and everybody sets their spot. If you have a penalty for changing components or um, something else happens after qualifying, that's when your grid drop penalty comes in. So you might, again, have started in P2, it might reflect as P2, but maybe now you're starting P10 or P11. So we will start to see that more as the season goes on, where they may have qualified one way, but because of penalties, they now have a grid job. So they might be starting uh, a fur- further back than what you thought. So that's where there will be a slight change um, in grids. But that is basically qualifying in a nutshell.
0: Well, that's good to know, too, to understand, too, that your your uh, times reset, because that, that makes me uh, understand a little better, because I was wondering why um, Esteban in Q2, his time was so much better, um, you know, when I saw it, and it was like, oh, even though it wasn't actually faster than the other, just when I looked at the time, it, they counted the time that was in Q3, because he was in Q3, so. Yes, that, that makes Exactly. Sense.
1: Exactly. And just because, like, say you set your fastest
0: lap, you're in Q3
1: and you set your fastest lap the very first time you're you're doing a fast lap, right? A fast run around the track. If your second time doing a a fast run isn't as high, it doesn't mean now you have that slower time. You keep whatever your fastest time is during that 12 minutes or the 15 minutes or the 18 minutes. It's going to stay with yeah. your fastest time. So it's wait, not wait. like, shoot, I did a slower time. Now I'm dropping. No, you keep your fastest time.
0: But you want your fastest time. You want to make it to Q3, but you want your fastest time in Q3, not in Q1. That's exactly right. Yep. Yeah, so it's, still so, some strategy, in, it's still strategy in qualifying. So. Yes, absolutely.
1: Because it's your tires, right? So, you tires. know, you've, you've got all of that. And then, again, that's why you will see some of those drivers that might be up in the top, you know, one, two, three, four positions. um, They might go just sit in the pits because even if, you know, several drivers do better than them, like they know, like a a Red Bull knows, like a Haas may not come up and knock them down. You know, you're not going to fall below the 15th spot, you know, in Q1. So, you know, go, go let it rest and (laughs) look at your data and figure out what you want to do Uh, for Q2. But it's clearly an important part of the race weekend, because it sets your your starting grid and the starting grid, especially in some tracks like Monaco, where overtaking is not that easy. Where you start is is vital. So it's an important aspect of race weekend. And I just kind of wanted to go over it, you know, really quickly. And, And we'll, like I said, we'll talk about some of the other aspects of Sprint and whatever they're going to do in Imola, <laughs> we'll figure that out. But the majority well, of our we, weekends, that's how it is.
0: Yeah. And then we'll have more like this grid based basics. We can use this, you know, in our weeks in between races that we could find other stuff. Like I said, that article I keep mentioning had a bunch of really neat rules that I learned. And um, if, you know, hopefully our listeners can submit some questions through our social media, whether it's Instagram or Facebook, you know, Facebook, um, and if not, then I'll just keep asking questions because as I'm learning, I'm going to keep pestering you with questions. All right. Well, we've only got a few minutes left, so we want to cover a few things beyond the grid. There's a lot of yes. cool stuff that happened over this last week from was it was International Women's Day. Did you yes. know, aside from all the support world all races, did you know that that is a national holiday here in Germany and you get it off from work?
1: I did not. <laughs> I did <laughs> not. It, it wasn't really, yeah, we did I mean, we had the basic little messages at work, but that was about it. I think that's really cool that Germany has that as a national holiday.
0: Yeah. Been, I don't know if it's, I'm pretty sure it's national. I know here in Berlin you get off because like stores were closed. The government's closed. Like even the grocery store was closed. So but right, it was absolutely. neat to see a lot of support with the, the F1 drivers and their races, the teams and F1 as a whole and the teams and and drivers putting out support. I, I love seeing that. we our face, all of you is so great on our social media.
1: <laughs> I think it's, I, I really think it's a very important day. And I think, especially, and we, and we won't get into like what's happening around the world, but you know, when women support each other, when women lift each other up, um, we, we do enact an change. And I loved to see all of the teams talking about the women drivers that are part of their academies are part of their teams. Mm-hmm. Um, just supporting the women that even work off the track in their organizations that run their, their accounting or their um, electronics department or their social media, whatever it is. Like It was so awesome to see all of the teams supporting that. And I feel like we're seeing that more and more um, for sure in the launches this year. Alpine with their Race Her performance um, or Race Her Academy or group, whatever yeah. they're calling that with the the young girls that they introduced um, and then Ferrari, including their, you know, women drivers and like, and so many other teams. Like I don't want to just call those two out because Williams did the same thing with Jamie Chadwick. And so I think it's really exciting. And, and there is a lot of room for growth in that area. So I hope it continues. I hope it's not really just a one day thing. Um, I hope that they continue to really get out there. The and it.
0: I think of what we're seeing. It's more, you know, people realizing it's not just a man's sport. So I think right. it's, it's there. she loves the grid. It's going to help pushing it as well. Right. Exactly. Let's see. What else do we have before we sign off today? Oh, Gunther's new book. And one of your favorite principles. Gunther.
1: Yeah. So Gunther's new book, I think it's surviving to drive. Uh, uh, Haas announced that he was doing signed copies and you could pre-order those. I tried to pre-order mine, but for some reason, I kept getting a error, even though there were no stinking errors on my <laughs> on my page. So I might need to go back and try that again. But uh, yeah, I just love Gunther. So throwing a little plug out there for his out, upcoming book.
0: <laughs> and then we uh, started because we always do uh, other kind of fantasy stuff. We did fantasy uh, teams this year. I started late, so I didn't know about it until after qualifying. So I, I lost yeah. a few points. But so we'll have to keep doing that in. As we share on our uh, our first podcast, how we met, we called our team the the parking lot team, right? Yes. But I called it, I, I named it, uh, uh, yeah, parking lot friends, yeah.
1: So parking lot friends. And if You're you weren't me. on our first podcast, go back and listen to it. and yeah, talk about how,
0: context there. Yeah, so you have
1: the context uh, for parking lot friends, but it it's a great story. It it's kind of towards the beginning, but listen to the whole podcast, but it will tell you how Claire and I met, um, many years ago, but we, we've also done fantasy football, um, in America, American football together. And so we had to do F1 fantasy. I was proud of my teams, but I feel like it was kind of a no, a no brainer. Um, the way they, the cost cap is this year. And if you're curious, um, this is through F1, their app, and they have a fantasy. You could create your own leagues and that's what we did, but we're also part
0: of the more general, you know, yeah. F1. You're automatically community. In your country and your uh, your favorite you're, driver. Your favorite driver and that that, that, that driver's uh, team it constructor, yes. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. cool.
1: Yeah, so Um, really fun. I think it it should get more fun throughout the year. Like sometimes you just never know. Uh, I had Yuki on my team one year, and it was just – I think it might have been his rookie season. And uh, he was just killing me as far as points go because he would never finish the race.
0: (laughs) So Mine mine went from, you know, a high scoring points of uh, 130 all the way down to 12. (laughs) So,
1: you know. I still need to know who's on your team with 12 points
0: because that is – That is rough. But, you know, that was one of those auto picks. I just let it auto pick. I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. Let's just see what happens. So, yeah, I will.
1: Mental note for me, I will not do that. I'm hyper competitive in those situations. Like, it's not going to kill me either. If I I'm not going to be Mercedes and beat myself up if I have a bad week. But like, I am hyper competitive. So, yeah, I'm I'm looking at that. I'm watching the stats for practice. I'm watching the stats.
0: We like, will talk about that in one of our episodes too. So. Will. <laughs> for sure. But, well, I know you 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 read something that Vegas, the Vegas race is uh, offering some new tickets.
1: Yeah, so. so Vegas came out and said that they are releasing some more tickets. I don't think they said where. I don't know if their general mission, which mm-hmm. to me sounds like standing on a corner on the strip um, oh. in Las Vegas, <laughs> but it, I've done that before.
0: I mean, not
1: not for that many hours, because when you think the race is a couple of hours, but you've got to get there early. When we went to Austin and there was a whole track, not a whole track, but there was a lot of areas for general mission. We were there before sunrise to get a spot. Could you imagine? And I'm short. I'm five feet one people like I am not standing on a corner behind somebody who's six feet tall, and I can't see anything from the race, but I paid $800 to stand on the corner. So anyways, I don't know which which tickets they are. I don't know what the price points are. But I definitely will be logging in this week and checking that out just for kicks. Um, So if you were hoping to get tickets for Vegas and you missed out then here's your advance warning I think they go on sale Wednesday or Thursday like pre-sale so you never know
0: there we know well we're coming up to a close I' only got a few seconds left to keep in our timing so let's talk about next week's race and so yes. so next week's race is um Jeddah it's a
1: very, very fast street circuit. So I think that'll be really fun, Um, especially for you, Claire, because you've not seen that street circuit yet. You've watched, I think, I'm sure you've watched
0: Monaco before, but like, I've walked on the streets of Monaco. So I'm excited to see this one. Yes,
1: same thing. Well, we were there at the same time. So, (laughs) but but yeah, so it's going to be really exciting, but they did make a few changes and I just kind of want to, you know, I, I don't know if a lot of people would really notice noticed them too much. I probably wouldn't if I hadn't read about it, but so they did add um, some rumble lines, R-U-M-B-L-E. So those are cars that are things that like kind of shake the car and it causes the traction to be lost a little bit. So it slows down the car a little bit. So they did that in five different turns. So that will be kind of interesting because it is a very fast track. It'll be interesting to see how much it slows them down. Um, there were some driver sight line changes in turns 14 and 20. So they shifted some walls around a little bit. um, And it just gives the driver a little bit more visibility going into the next turns. So I'm sure that's probably a safety thing, but you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting. And then on Mm -hmm. turns 22 and 23, there was an S shape there. So they are squeezing that S a little bit. They've adjusted the fencing and they added what they're calling a beveled curve. So the hope is by by kind of like squeezing that S, they're going to slow the cars down going through those those last few turns. So they're hoping that it's going to slow the drivers down by 50 kilometers per hour. Oh, so, wow. Wow. I- I don't do the math, so you do the math um, as far as miles per hour. But (laughs) So that will also be kind of interesting. So it being a very fast street circuit, they're finding ways to kind of slow the cars down a little bit. So I found that very interesting. I I can't wait to watch. I kind of screwed up um, every year. I'm in Arizona, so we have spring training for baseball right now. And every year my family People fly in, and we go to a game, um, and our game is on Sunday, the day of the race, and oh. we will be tailgating at 10 a.m. when the race goes off here. It, it starts at 10 a.m. Um, local time. I'm going to be missing it, so I will not be watching it live. I I'm, I'm seriously serious anxiety about it, but I've already decided I'm going to represent Ferrari, anyways, at the baseball game, I'm going to wear my signs shirt, and <laughs> <laughs> so I'll make sure to take a picture and I'll post it to social media. But otherwise, Claire's in, so- am, in charge. Of so am I messaging that- you or not
0: messaging you in the middle of the race? No, no, no. no
1: I don't want to hear it. I'm going to stay off of social media. I might post the one photo of me and my signs shirt at the baseball game. Other than that, nobody tell me anything. I'm going to be checked out until I come home. And I watch the race, and then I will reach out to you, Claire. Then <laughs> I will contact you. All
0: right. Well, I'm excited. This was our first uh, post or in between race uh, series, so, so it's going to be great. So, all about the panic. Hopefully, next week we won't be having so much panic. I'm excited to see my first street race live. Yeah. And uh, I get to watch one live while you're not watching. What a change of a change of pace. Yeah. You enjoy your game. Thank you. It'll be fun. And thanks for listening, everybody. Take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and a review. To stay up to date with She Loves the Grid and get all the -the behind-the-scenes content, you can follow us on Instagram, she loves the grid on Facebook at facebook.com slash she loves the grid thank you for joining us for the ride this week